Good morning, Walloon. How are you today? Looking good. Uh, First thing I would like to say is next Sunday is that Sunday you get an extra hour of sleep. So you can look forward to that. Uh, What your opinion is on getting darker earlier, uh, we'll just keep keeping that a, a prayer request so we don't get negative, right, Henry? Uh, anyway, that's next Sunday, extra hour of sleep. Um, we are working through a series, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's a book by uh, Peter Scazzaro. If you ordered a book, please see Jody, okay? We still have a few that were ordered a few weeks ago. They are in. Please see Jody today. Today, we're going to talk about the subject of limits. God has made us with limits. Here's how Peter puts it. A core mark of emotionally healthy discipleship is a deep theological and practical understanding of limits. We've got to understand all of us were created with limits. Okay? We all need to be reminded and remember God is God. He's infinite. Uh, Our God has unlimited resources. He has no limits. You and I, are you ready for this, are not God. Okay? Uh, We can rest in the fact that we have limits, and actually that's a gift. In comparison to awesome God, we're puny, which is why... Uh, what we're going to talk about today is a little concerning. Uh, talked about limits and margin in 2018, five years ago. And then we got hit with this bug. What's, what was it called again? COVID. And everything stopped, seemed like, for a year or two. But now, more and more, now everything's speeding back up, Myron. Now, now we're back in the fast lane. And I'm hearing more and more things like, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overscheduled. Some are just honest enough to say, I'm exhausted. Uh, People, again, we, we were doing pretty well for a while, but now we're empty and overloaded and stressed, and our lives are just flowing everywhere, all over. Here's the greatest command in the Bible. We'll put it up here. According to Jesus. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied. The most important is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God. Say it with me, with all your, with all your, with all your, and with all your, right. There's only one capital G God, and his name, this side of the cross, is Jesus Christ. Okay? Greatest commandment, love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Here's the humbling truth with this. Give me your eyes. We don't love Jesus well when we're in a hurry. You can't. Anytime you're hurrying and rushing and scurrying around, uh, I'm telling you, hurry is the death of prayer. You can't fire up prayers and expect to feel close to the Lord your God, Jesus Christ. 
Hurry is the death of listening to the Lord and being still. Hurry kills being filled with the Spirit because you just don't have time. The chief reason, here's hard truth, okay? Many of us are, are not dealing with the top part, anything other than the top part of our icebergs. Why? Because we're just too busy chasing all the details of life. We're busy chasing and rushing and we're living hurried lives and you don't love Jesus well when you're in a rush. You just can't. Which leads us to the second most critical command. We'll put it up here. Mark 12:31. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So first truth, we don't love Jesus well when we're in a hurry. Second fact, second truth, we don't love family and friends well when we're rushing. You can't when you're always rushing around. Why not? Because you don't connect, you don't talk, you don't listen. It's tough to enjoy life together when you're racing from one thing to another. It's just a fact. Which leads us to the third truth of the morning. Can you handle it? You ready? We don't love Jesus well in a hurry. We don't love family and friends well when we're rushing. Which means we must ruthlessly kill hurry and rush in our lives. We need to eliminate it. We need to get rid of it. So the key question is how? How how do you do that? Pastor Jeff, how do I kill hurry and rush? How can I quit scurrying all over? How do I slow down and learn to get rid of the stress and the overload and the exhaustion? And I'd say, great question. Open with me in your Bibles on your phones. Find with me Psalm chapter 90. Psalm 90. It's a song written as a prayer of Moses. Uh, Remember Moses raised in a reed basket as a baby, saved, uh, raised in Pharaoh's palace by the daughter, uh, killed an Egyptian, ran to escape, uh, uh, lived 40 years in the desert. Um, Finally, Jehovah says, Moses, you're my man. And Moses leads his chosen people out of bondage to the promised land. Okay, That Moses is the one who wrote this. Would you stand with me if you're able? We're going to read verses 10 to 12, Psalm chapter 90. This is God's word. Let's read it together. Seventy years are given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Who can comprehend the power of of your anger. Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Let's pray. Lord, would you teach us this morning about the shortness of life and how to live this one and only life we've been blessed with to the fullest? Lord, would you show us where in our lives we can slow down? Lord, show us and teach us this morning where uh, we're running way too fast. 
we're asking that your spirit might use your book. We invite your Holy Spirit, Lord, to come and settle in. Help us to listen closely to what you have to say to us this morning. We invite you to penetrate our hearts, our minds, and our wills this morning. We, we ask that. And, and all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one listening voice, Let's dig into Psalm 90 a bit, okay? First, it says uh, 70 years are given to us. Some might even get 80. Some might get 90, Beverly, right? Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yay. But here's the truth. Life is short. Compared to eternity, uh, compared to history, It's short, 70 years, maybe 80. Average life expectancy today, USA, 77.28. Worldwide, both sexes, male, female, 73.4 years. I was just curious, who lives the longest? People in Hong Kong, uh, 85.83 years on average. Uh, And then I thought, well, who lives the shortest? Uh, folks in Chad and Nigeria, on average, 53 years. But here's the point. Go back to verse 10. Life is short. And then it says, life is short and it's filled with pain and trouble. We looked at this last week, didn't we? We looked at the Apostle Paul and he had a thorn in the flesh. And here's the truth we discovered all of us. Live thorn-filled lives. Troubling situations that we have to deal with. Painful circumstances that we can't avoid. Okay? We said last week, a huge part of maturity, growing up and digging down into our icebergs, is recognizing, you know what? I have weak areas. I have limitations I have some areas of brokenness. I have thorns. And we realized in Paul's life and in our lives, it allows Jesus to replace our pride with his power. Did you catch that? That, That's what thorns do. We replace our pride with the power of King Jesus. Back to Psalm 90. Life is short. Life is filled with trouble and pain And it says, soon trouble and pain disappears and we fly away. Okay, I like that thought. We fly away. Where do we fly? We fly to Jesus. One of my favorite songs is a song by Chris Rice. We'll put it up here. Last verse, it's called The Untitled Hymn. If you haven't listened to it, Google it. I think you'll find it very, very interesting. Kind of talks about our lives. And it says, with your final heartbeat, kiss the world goodbye. Then go in peace and laugh on glory's side. And then he says, and fly to Jesus. Fly to Jesus. Fly to Jesus. And live. And that's exactly what he says here. We're going to just fly away to Jesus. Okay? So, life is short. Life is filled with trouble and pain. Uh, 
pain is temporary, it goes away, then we fly to Jesus. And then it says in verse 11 something interesting. Who can comprehend the power of your anger, God? Uh, Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Okay? So our God is kind and gracious and merciful and loving. And we like that side of God, don't we? We like the soft side. The the, the, uh, loving, caring, I'm close and intimate. But, But here's... The other side of God, the side we often forget, Glenn, we don't like to acknowledge there's another side to God. He's also righteous and holy. He's just, and he gets angry. (laughs) That's, I would call that the hard side. Uh, Sin is a crime against God. Let me give you your theology lesson today. Ready? Can you handle? You'll be short, okay? And God's justice demands a penalty of death and separation from a righteous, holy God. That's the just penalty, okay? We're all sinners, but God the Father, listen, sent his one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to earth to pay the penalty for our sin. So that's the good news, okay? God's own righteousness is provided as a gift to sinners like you and me, okay? We accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, and that's based on God's mercy and grace in response to our faith. We believe that your gift takes care of that penalty, okay? The Lord loves sinners like you and me so much that even though sin demands a price, eternal death, the Father sent His Son Jesus as our substitute on the cross, okay? Showing us, showing the entire world down through history that God's justice was not violated. But instead, track with me, God's justice was satisfied, how? By the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for you and me, okay? Theology lesson done. Aren't you glad? Say amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm glad you're done. But I'm telling you, That's awesome. (laughs) Jesus Christ paid the price for you and me. So let's, let's go through it again. Life is short. Life is filled with trouble and pain. Pain is temporary. It disappears and we fly to Jesus. God is someone we better fear. Number five, we should live our short lives wisely. Verse 12. Teach us. To realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. That we may grow in wisdom. Lord, teach us to get better and learn how to grow in wisdom. To think things like you think them. Lord, give us wisdom and clarity how to live life well because it's short. It's lit. You know, we only get one chance at this, okay? And... and Help us make the most of our allotted time. So, how specifically can we live wisely? How can we live without hurry and rushing and stress and exhaustion? Would you turn with me now to the new section of God's book? Let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Because the Apostle Paul, 
uh, writes down a letter to the church at Ephesus, to the church at Walloon, and he has some really practical instructions, and it sounds a lot like Moses. It really does. We're going to start at verse 15, Ephesians chapter 5. Here's what Paul writes to the church at Walloon. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What does he want you to do? Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's Paul's instruction for us. He's he's challenging us. Verse 15, don't be careless, don't be thoughtless in the way you live your daily lives. Okay? Give careful examination, give close investigation to what you say. Did you know on average you and I talk about 25,000 words a day? 25,000 words a day. Some of us a little more, some of us a little less. It equals out about 25,000 a day. Be careful to what you're listening to. Be careful to the the music you're listening to on Spotify, on iTunes. Be careful which podcasts you fill your brain with. That's what he's saying. Be careful what you watch on YouTube on Netflix. Uh, Be careful what you're searching for on Google search. Pay attention to how you're living, is what he says. Does how I live daily line up with God's book, or does how I live, does it reflect more the fallen world that we're living in? That's really the question. How am I living? Be careful, Paul says, Verse 16, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Okay? We have opportunities every day to live for and represent King Jesus, and we're limited. We're confined. We only, Susan, get one life. We only get one shot at this. So live well. Make the most of every opportunity. Seize every opportunity live strong shine bright for jesus and his kingdom make the most of every single day verse 17 don't act thoughtlessly niv don't be foolish don't 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 live like a fool okay don't live as though your days and how you live them don't live as though they don't matter because I want you to know something. Our lives matter. Your life is a big deal. It's God created you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made in God's image. And Jesus willingly left the glory and splendor of heaven and took your place on the cross. Don't believe the lie that your little life doesn't matter. Why? We're called to make a difference. (laughs) And the stakes are enormous. Now, here's Satan's genius plan. Track with me, okay? 
If he can't get us to reject Jesus and just live and wallow in sin, okay? Most of us, if you're here this morning, you probably have got some victory in some of those areas. So here is his ingenious plan, plan B. Get followers of Jesus so busy, so rushed, so overscheduled with life that you don't have time for the best eternal things in life. Is that not a genius plan? Okay. If he can't get us to reject Jesus, and now we're not living in sordid, evil sin, now just get us so busy in the fast lane of life, so rushed, so hectic, so hurried, that, that I'm just chasing my tail, and I'm chasing after temporary things, and I forget to lean into the lasting, eternal things of life. Okay? That, that's a great plan. Okay? Instead of making time for loving Jesus and loving others with all of our beings, making sure we have time for our family and friends, loving the Lord our God, loving others as ourselves, uh, we're just busy rushing. Okay? So here is how we're going to close this morning. I'm going to give you three practical steps for slowing down, okay? You might want to take a note here. Here we go. How practically, uh, according to Moses and Paul, let's, let's just put some of this into practice. First practical step, we've got to learn to accept our limits, okay? Jesus Christ made you and made me with limits. Limits are God's gift in disguise, it protects us from hurting ourselves and those around us, okay? It's not godly to burn out and stress out and melt down. It's not. It's not Jesus-like to just waste our lives and be no good to anybody. So, therefore, we need to implement some margin in our lives. A life lived without margin, without limits makes pain, we said there's going to be pain in life, we talked about that last week, there's going to be trouble, and if you've got no margin, now suddenly pain and trouble, they are unmanageable, okay? Stress, anxiety, overload, exhaustion, I'm telling you, it comes when you got no margin. Let's put the coffee cup up, Dan. Here we go. Now, you know better than to fill your coffee cup that right way, right? Okay? You know. Why wouldn't you do that with your coffee? Okay? A couple reasons. Uh, a, you're going to burn your lips. B, you're going to make a mess. Uh, C, you're probably going to burn your hand. Uh, D, you're probably going to mess the floor around you. You just don't do this. It happens occasionally, but you don't intend to fill your coffee cup this way, right? Why is it then, many of us know about coffee cups, but we fill our lives right up to the very top. Your life, you, you, you live a maxed out, stressed out, exhausted, you got your life filled to the top, and now you're burning yourself, and you're burning those around you, and you're making a mess. Why? 
because you got no margin. You, you leave some room. You leave some room in your life. It's rare to see somebody these days who lives a life intentionally at 80%. And I just want to challenge you. That's probably about where we need to live. At 80% of capacity, and now I have some margin to respond to the unexpected. Because unexpected is going to happen. Now I've got time for the Lord to interrupt me, and I can actually be used by Him as He makes Himself clear. First step, accept our limits. <laughs> okay? Be ready to, to fight for some margin in your life. Second practical step to defeating rush and hurry. Are you ready? Give yourself the freedom to say no. I'm going to practice right now. Okay? Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and then I want you. Now, some of you, you this is easy. Okay, Ron, you can say no fairly quick, can't you? You've had to, okay? Some of you, this is hard, you know, it's just two little letters, okay? Okay, would you run a marathon this next with me, this next week with me? And your answer is, no, no, okay. Would would some of you come over to my house and help us pick up some big heavy objects? And your answer is, no, here's, here's, yeah. Some, I heard somebody say, okay, I'll join you. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see you at noon, and uh, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, Proverbs 20, verse 25 warns us. A quick vow is a trap. If you say yes, suddenly now you're trapped. And here's the truth. Some people around you know you're an easy yes. They know you, t- you struggle saying no, and they take advantage of your easy yes. So here's my, uh, my question. Would you ask the Lord to show you what's causing me to say yes when I really want to say no? What is it in me, Lord, that makes me say yes when I really should say no? Um, Am I afraid they won't like me anymore? Um, Am I just a people pleaser? Uh, Is there some codependency in me that that I need them to need me in order for me to feel good about me? I know that's complicated words, but they, they really do mean something, okay? Why do I allow my life to get overloaded and say yes when I should say no which leads to stress and anxiety and exhaustion. Here's the truth. You ready? Emotionally mature people have dug below the surface and they've learned what is it in me that needs some help. And some of you might even need a counselor to help you work through some issues for you. Okay? A counselor, I'm telling you, is someone, and, and find a Christian counselor. Find someone who loves Jesus and loves God's word. Okay, let me, let me say that very quickly. But if you can find a counselor to help you dig down underneath the surface of your iceberg and ask questions like, why do I have such a hard time 
saying no. And they'll help you in that area, okay? Say no with love and kindness, of course. Say no with certainty and confidence as well. First uh, step to defeating rush and hurry, accept your limits. Second step to getting rid, constantly running on empty, is learning to say, say it with me, no, sorry, no. Third step to eliminating rushed, hurried lives is being prepared to fight for margin. It's that important, okay? Margin is not something that just happens, okay? If you don't fight for margin, living at 80%, it will quickly disappear, it will run away and hide, and pretty soon you're back up to 90 and 100%. I'm telling you, it requires diligence, and don't let your guard down, okay? Add some margin to your daily schedule. That's, that's what I'm asking you to think about. You don't have to rush from one meeting or one appointment or one thing you got to do to the next. Secondly, prune activities that are no longer absolutely essential, okay? Some things that you're doing could be pruned from your life, but you're still doing them, okay? Here's the other thing. You have to expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Here's what Jesus said. In this world, you will have, what is it? So when trouble knocks at your door and you're already at your max, you got no margin, it's already left the building, now you have no time for the dentist and the toothache or the root canal. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, why do some of us get so upset when there's road construction? You know why? Because you got no margin. <laughs> and you're, you're upset because you don't have the 20 minutes to wait for the road construction. Some of us, we don't have time to take care of our sick children and grandchildren, and suddenly now it's an emergency uh, when you're sitting at the doctor's office and they're running 30 minutes behind. Why are we going crazy? Because I got no margin. <laughs> or when a family member really needs us, when they really need our attention, I've got no time. Got no time, okay? It's like the hot, hot coffee, remember? It's spilling over, it's over to the brim. Now I'm impatient, now I'm frustrated, now I'm neglecting those who I claim I love the most. Why is that? I got no margin. Fight for margin in your life. Let me go back over. Here's, here's the three key truths that we talked about. We don't love Jesus well in a hurry. You can't. Okay? We don't love family and friends well when we're rushing. We must ruthlessly, therefore, third, eliminate hurry and rush from our lives. Okay? Both Moses and Paul tell us that. Again and again, we're all gifted with one and only life. Be careful how you live. The days are evil. Don't live foolishly. Make most of every opportunity. 
So how do you do that? First, <laughs> accept your limits. Okay? You have limits. Limits are God's gift on our lives. So we don't wear ourselves down, wear ourselves out. We can't and shouldn't attempt to do everything. Second, it's okay to say no. Think about this. Jesus didn't heal every sick person when he walked on earth. Very limited was, and Jesus didn't go to every country. He didn't, he didn't meet the needs in Europe, Africa, Asia, or the Americas. He, he just was very limited in where he worked. And yet at the end of his life, here's what Jesus said. John 17, 4. I finished the work that you've given me to do. Okay? Finish the work. Third, remember margin is not something that just happens. You've got to fight for margin in your life. Margin requires action and diligence. Lord, by your grace, I'm going to keep my life at 80%. And if you don't fight for it, it will quickly disappear. God's good gift of limits. You and I were one person. You are God and I am not. Lord, show me how to live this one and only life you've given me to live. Let's pray. We pause right now, Lord, and we just want to quiet our hearts before you for the next couple moments. Would you speak? Would you show us how this applies to me? I'm listening. there too much rush, too much hurry and stress? Are you overwhelmed and exhausted? Believe it or not, the Lord cares about your life. Would you dare ask him, Lord, how can I get margin in my life? How can I, how can I slow down? What needs to be pruned and eliminated? Would you, would you make yourself clear, Lord? Do I need to learn to say no? Lord, why, don't, why am I saying yes when I really should say no? Like hot coffee overflowing, is my life making a mess and burning me and those around me? Lord, help me. Help me to slow down and create some margin so that when you point something out that needs addressing, I have the time to do that. We love you, Lord. We need your help to learn to manage our lives well. And finally, I don't, I don't want to leave a Sunday without acknowledging there might be somebody here in person or watching online and the truth is, 
you have never made room for Jesus in your life. You, you know about Jesus, but you've never invited him to come and change you from the inside out. That's where real life begins. It's when we recognize we don't do life well on our own. We need King Jesus front and center in our lives. And here's the good news. <laughs> Jesus will save you and cleanse you and he'll make you one of his children and he'll do that today if you'll invite him in. Isn't that great news? <laughs> Jesus, I believe you left the glory in hev of heaven and you took on a human body. You did that for me. Jesus, I believe you alone uniquely are qualified to be the sinless lamb of God for me. And Jesus, I believe you shed your blood for my greatest problem. I'm a sinner. And I believe, Jesus, you took my place in the grave. And the good news, the great news is you didn't stay dead, but early Sunday morning, victoriously, you rose from the dead for me. I believe right now I open the door of my life and I receive you. Come on in. I welcome you in. Come on, empower me, save me, make me a part of your eternal family. You've made that decision today. If you're in person, make your way to the prayer corner. Make your way through the center aisle. I'd love to celebrate with you. If you're watching online, hit that prayer button. If you're watching later in the week, contact us. We'd love to celebrate with you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. <laughs> you are a just and righteous God, someone to be feared, but we also realize you're someone to be loved and followed and enjoyed. So thank you. For this reminder on Sunday that we have an awesome God who loves us and wants to walk with us. We love you back. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things.